You are listening to the Forcecom Frontline, bringing you to our soldiers on the front lines of readiness. Hey everyone, welcome to the Forcecom Frontline. I'm Ashley and I'm your host. Today, we are lucky enough to have both our Forcecom Commanding General, General Andrew Poppett. Andrew Pappas, of course I'm going to mess that up, and our Command Sergeant Major Todd Sims with us. General Pappas took command of Forcecom in July last year and throughout his career has served with a number of Forcecom units to include the 82nd Airborne Division as well as the 101st Airborne Division. And while he was the commanding general of the 101st, Sergeant Major Sims was actually his division sergeant major. Um, so that, now that you guys are back. good teams already. <laughs> it was. And now y'all are back together. Um, sergeant Major Sims, you've been here before with me, um, and I'm glad, sir, that we were able to catch up with you. And you both travel a ton, so I'm glad we were able to, to get this on the calendar. So thank you for taking the time to do this. Thanks, Ashley. Absolutely. So... <laughs> I say absolutely a lot, too. <laughs> so there are a lot of things we could talk about today, but I, th- I think the first thing, you know, Force Comm's main mission is readiness and ready forces. So let's start there. Um, like I said, you travel a lot. You've been to NTC, JRTC. You've seen our soldiers on the ground in action. So what are you seeing? I'll tell you, first off, there's an enthusiasm for the profession. I love it. I always say when I'm with Sergeant Major and we do travel a lot and see the forces, all that's good about the Army comes through ForceCom. We get to go to the pre-command courses, talk to people, get our commanders, command sergeant majors excited about their future jobs, leading. You know, we come in to lead. We get to go to the training centers that you just talked about, JRTC and NTC, and you see them executing the profession in the field. And then we get to go to the units themselves, watch their training methodology, and then the formations themselves. And I'll tell you what really stood out to me when we went to the different training areas is first and foremost, that enthusiasm for the profession, but really that mastery of the, that fundamental level of execution. We are winning the first fight. Our junior leaders are executing. You know, it's, it's the precision of the drill. They know what to do. They've executed it routinely. And now in conflict, they're able to do so and put the enemy at a position of disadvantage. And that's, that's what's impressed me the most of our ability to execute at that echelon. All right. What about you, Sergeant Major? I think uh, my favorite visits uh, in almost three years I've been here is going to National Training Center and JRTCs because (laughs) I I get the chance to get down with the soldiers and see what they're doing. And just like uh, General Papa said, we are winning the first fight. Uh, The things I like to focus on when I go to to both training centers is uh, our sustainment Uh, because if we can't sustain – our forces forward, we're going to be in trouble. So I always put a refocused effort on how our sustainers are doing. And then I tie the sergeant's major and the first sergeant's in that understanding that, hey, back in the day, this is, you're not a fighting first sergeant, you're not a fighting sergeant major. You actually have to sustain the force so the boss has that decision space. Uh, so it, it's been great. And I think uh, seeing the improvement over the past uh, almost three years, it, it's, it makes me feel good. Uh, that our younger sergeants major is starting to understand their their role as a sergeant major and the first sergeants are understanding hey you know this is my role and i have to execute this in order to uh ensure that we're fueled we're fed uh we're fixed etc and so forth so it, it's uh it's it's winning matters and seeing our folks out there winning and getting after it has been great now on another podcast that you did, you talked about suiting up with Geronimo at JRTC and going in and working with them. Can you talk a little bit about that? So it's, it's great, you know, because our two opposing forces at both training centers are amazing soldiers, and they train our brigades to be ready for combat. And they give them, you know, those problem sets that uh, are like, hey, you know, I thought I was invincible. Well, you're really not. You know, you had four guys just take on a whole company. Uh, but it's amazing to – 
be with both. So, uh, like, suiting up with Geronimo was a lot of fun because as soon as I got out of the vehicle, I made contact with, uh, not the enemy, but the 101st <laughs> Airborne Division. But what I really got to see, I got to see them actually do the fundamentals. So people actually get out, got down behind cover, started uh, returning fire towards us, and then they maneuvered on us. So I was like, you know, winning the first fight. So yeah. they are actually out there doing that. And uh, just last rotation at the National Training Center, I went up in Sokol, and I, I got to see the array of the battlefield on the enemy side. That's, you know, the 11th ACR folks. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I also went and tried to engage with the uh, with the, the rotation in the box, uh, the folks out of 3ID, but we got shot down by uh, <laughs> by uh, ADA. That's never a good thing, That's is never it? a good thing. But uh, it, I, I try to make it a point, you know, when I go out there to spend time with our, our, our two, uh, with Geronimo and with uh, Black Horse, because it's important. And uh, they have needs too, and they're yeah. soldiers as well. So I can f figure out what their problems are and bring yeah. them back to the staff too. Yeah. But I love it. Listen to that. Sergeant Major's out there, and he said he observed him. He's out there getting in the dirt too. And he, I love his approach to this, because leadership isn't a spectator sport. And Sergeant Major's out there leading by example, taking part, that human-to-human -human contact, he sees it. So when we talk about what we're seeing in the dirt, how we're watching it, he's out there executing it also. Right. And so I was going to talk about this later, but since we're kind of there, I'll, I'll go there now. Engaged leadership. Obviously, it's not just something you guys talk about. It's something that you are really doing. And so why, why is it so important to both of you? And, sir, I guess I can start with you. Well, first, it's the Army. The Army is a people business. It's all about people. And you have to have that human contact. And it's a 24-7 engagement that you have as a leader. Yeah. You don't put the uniform on and you're, I'm on the, in the Army when I'm in a uniform and I'm out of the Army when I'm not. 24-7 you represent it. And you have to have that understanding of the individuals. And it's about human performance and capacity. In order to get the best out of the individual and then coalesce them as a team, you have to know them. You have to know their strengths. You have to know their weaknesses. You have to know their family. What are their family goals? What are the challenges? And you work with them to address them. And it's about shared experience. Not just shared successes, but also those shared hardships. That's what coalesces the team and forms it. And you can't do that from far. You can't do it by text. You can't do it teleworking. You gotta be <laughs> in. A formation does a maneuver yeah. you know, in the digital space. It maneuvers in the physical space. Sure. And a leader has to be there and has to know the individuals. Well, and you know, to, to be in a unit and have somebody just say, hey, how's X, Y, and Z? Or I know your wife was going through this. Yeah. How's that going? that makes somebody feel better, you know, to have somebody know what's going on in your life. Absolutely. And then you, again, the human performance. If you've got a concern that's taking place, if your family, if your, your spouse is in the hospital, your child's sick, and you're not performing that day as a leader, I've got, first I've got to recognize that that is an issue, and that's going to yeah. take your focus. So how do we mitigate that? How do we support you to overcome that, but have the personal knowledge that that's what's impacting you that day so we can get the full performance out of you that day, fully knowing that these things are, are I would not say distracting, but are impacting your decision-making. Yeah. Um, what about you, Sergeant Major? I know we've, uh, the, a previous podcast, I keep going back to this because I, I listened to you while you were doing it, but you were talking about doing PT and leading from the front and, you know, not just talking about things, but actually doing them. Yeah, so I think I, I'll give you another example, which, which uh, it's powerful uh, to the divisions when we do this, is when I travel with the staff directorates, our majors. Uh, so I'll bring the G1, the G3, the G4. I mean, because I always get questions about, hey, what's up with our, you know, why can't we get these rucksacks? Why, you know, how come I don't have enough people? How come, you know, we don't have A, B, or C? Or why did you task me with this? So I'll actually bring that directorate, our major down when I engage with uh, 
divisions, brigades, or whatever. So that way they see the problem and they have that direct link right back to that staff directorate yeah. that can help to solve that problem. So, I mean, it's important. Uh, I travel a lot um, and, you know, I think uh, I, you know, frequent flyer miles on, <laughs> on all, all the airlines, but um, it, it's worth, it's worth the time for me to do that because I owe our corps and our divisions and our brigades and our battalions, uh, I owe them that be able to fix those problems for them, yeah. you know, cause there, there's a lot of things that they struggle with and all they need is a little, little bit uh, somebody from the higher headquarters to help them out <laughs> and uh you know so and i have a direct link to the sergeant major of the army and uh so that's an, another if they have some policy stuff they want to talk about that me being on in the senior enlisted council i can bring that up to the sergeant major army and we can uh, start addressing some of our policies as well but it, yeah. it's just being out there executing that that kind of stuff but being out there in the dirt and the weeds with the soldiers it, it makes a difference especially when they see you sweating and low crawling <laughs> with them and stuff like that like oh sorry major i don't feel good later but i still like to do it awesome and, and we're expected to be there as a leader and that's that echelon and we're afforded the opportunity to do that starting at pt in the morning that's the time committed to it nothing else is taking place right. pt be there be present and then you lead it, right face, step off, you've had discussion, you've seen it, and then you're leading that formation as you move forward. Then throughout the day, whatever training event is taking place, leaders need to be present. That's how you build that trust. Yeah. And that's how you build confidence in the formation. And also, if you're a leader at Echelon, you've got the experience, so you should be able to, if you're executing that battle drill, whatever it may be, the leader should be there to ensure, first, you're the expert of the task, and you're ensuring that's being executed to the standard that's been identified and you're enforcing that standard. And I think it all leads back to, you know, we've talked about this a lot, cohesive teams. And cohesive having, teams. Yeah, everybody, you know, you're all together and, and doing things and your leadership's there with you. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. So, sir, you talk a lot about the future fight, one, one of your four wins, and you've, you've had quite a few opportunities to see modernization efforts. You've 18th Airborne Corps just did Scarlet Dragon. You visited the the Natick Soldier Center, and then even the Institute for Creative Technologies out in California. Um, so, and, Sir, and Sergeant Major, I know you um, you were in Natick as well. So, what's exciting you about these these things that you're seeing? Well, it's exciting because we're at an inflection point. You know, Sergeant Major and I have been together a number of times. And our last, when we were in the 101st, we deployed, but that was a low tech en uh, enemy that we faced. And we can't have an expectation that we're gonna have the technological overmatch to our, our foe of the future. So what I'm excited about, whether it's when we went out to LA, when we went to the, in the innovation lab here, when we go up to Natick Labs, it's the ability to bring these future capabilities to bear on the enemy of the future, but they're present today. So how do we manifest what they're doing, create that capability, bring it into the formation, train on it, so that we can apply it effectively. But there's, and then I'll tell you, that you just talked about Scarlet Dragon and what, you know, Eric Carolla, predecessor in 18th Airborne Corps, you know, he drives innovation. C.D. Donahue picks that up. That's their DNA. And you can see that. You can see the downtrace. But the beauty is, is how do you use data? How do you use technology to give this abundance of data that we have and make it manageable and facilitate and accelerate our decision-making into a very lethal means. And that's what we're doing. And that's what excites me from what I see, how we're doing that. And then we have data and information overmatch and our ability to process and apply it. That excites me greatly. Well, and you, it, going back to Scarlet Dragon and, and the CORE's um, innovation, I just saw that three CORE is now doing an innovation thing too. So that, that yeah. mindset is trickling down 
elsewhere. It is, and I, you know, I, I highlight that because we went to Scarlet sure. Dragon with 18th, and it fell and it was nested with CENTCOM. Third Corps is doing that. Sean Bernabe, I mean, it's his DNA. I'd say it's the DNA of the leaders coming up today, and they've grown up with that. Yeah. And then additionally, you know, 75th Innovation Lab. Everybody has these labs coming up. What we need to do also is, now at this Esalen, how can we pull those together? So almost like, a, not almost like, but a fusion in terms, so you get all that intellectual capacity and energy together. They can bounce their ideas off together. So you don't have separate silos, but you pull them together, and then you get the collective capability that's there, and it's complementary. Yeah. What about you, Sergeant Major? So I, I think we kind of highlight yesterday, we went to the Airborne Innovation Center right here on Fort yeah. Bragg, and there was a young lieutenant over there, and she stole the room. <laughs> um, and how she articulated what they were doing uh, innovation-wise innovation for the soldiers of the 82nd Airborne Division with training aids, et cetera, and so forth. That, that was – it was awesome to watch, yeah. and especially when there was a, you know, lieutenant colonel there, a couple of NCOs, but she she had that the command of, of that building and That's what right. they were doing to execute those tasks, which is uh, – it reminds me of, like, when I went to visit Cohort 1 at the software factory in, uh, at, in Austin, and th those folks have been there for a while. I can't wait till those – cohorts start coming back out to the army so that way with the, all the innovation centers like fort campbell has one fort bragg you, you name the yeah. camp posting station that way they can plug that in there and he, he was talking about getting all those people together for energy synergy to make solve a problem of the future yeah. they don't know what they're, they're solving <laughs> but they're going to solve something that's going to have an impact of that, that future uh 2030 army yeah and, and she stood out i'll give her jen S lieutenant Recent graduate of Marquette University, great Wisconsin school. <laughs> and uh, I think they're number two in their bracket, by the way, with upcoming basketball. But, and there was a CEO with us, and he had with him his innovation uh, chief operating officer. And afterwards, they were talking about it. I said, who is this? I said, you know, is he 26, 27? Because you know, I didn't understand rank. I said, lieutenant, 22 <laughs> to 25, just out of college. But they stood back, I mean, dominated the room passionate about what she's doing and the only limb fact that we have is her own initiative and she realizes that and she's driving the whole formation behind her how amazing yeah, i mean it stood out to them yeah and i said no no you can't hire away by the way <laughs> you know, we need this. we're gonna keep her <laughs> yeah but it's it's inspiring to see that and other people in there the you know there's a staff sergeant in there that was brought forward great ideas and that's the collective that we have to have that they're embraced they can work it they can discuss it and then they come forward with here it's material solutions and others it's there's digital solutions sure. and i say marry those up together yeah and so we we talked a little bit about you know you two deployed together with the 101st and now things we are talking about modernization we're talking about all these digital things and platforms so how how are you seeing things change from you know 2018 to the the future fight and what that might look like? I'd say I, I when I first came into command from battalion brigade, even at division, I used to say I, you know 2005 taking battalion command, I used to say our future is written. You know I thought it was brilliant, but it, you know it, <laughs> it just is because I could tell you where we were going, the time horizon we're going. We could study the physical terrain of that location. You could you could actually study the human terrain. Yeah. Every tribal leader. And we've had a, a database on that. The future fight is not that predictable. And we have to be prepared. You have to be ready. And ready for what? Ready for so much more. And, and we're adjusting in the time frame that we had our fight, you know, the 20 years of continuous conflict, the brigade became the center of gravity. We rotated brigades for it. They're brigades fights. We enhanced the brigade capability to be a unilateral 
entity that could fight, you know, plan, coordinate, execute, AAR, and prepare for the next fight unilaterally. Large-scale combat operations by scope and scale, we're elevating that up. The principal tactical fighting formation is going to be the division. That's part of the change. We have to change the scope, scale, and depth of the fight and the complexity of it. So as we're moving forward, we're talking about the winning the first fight at the edge of the, of the bayonet. We also have to elevate up so that our battalions, our brigades can start synchronizing all the war fighting functions in a multi-domain fight to include cyber and space, not resident capabilities at that echelon yet, because they have to be able to inform at the division level. If that's your main fighting function, we have to change a little bit of structure, bring capability in and expertise, but then also be able to fight the division so that they can set the conditions for these the lower echelon maneuver elements. And the division's not alone because you have a joint task force and a theater army that are going to be setting the conditions for the division in the Corps. In order to do that, there's a complexity there and a level of maturity of the leadership in order to synchronize that. We've got to work to that level, and that's the path we're on. So when we talk okay. about winning the first fight, it's getting that echelons of competency at the brigade and the division. It's predictability, identifying transitions, plans in advance. We don't high-five after the first battle because guess what? There, you know, there's still 59 more minutes of this game to go. Sure. Did you want to add anything? I, to I think uh, what I'll add is uh, how, how we're getting after it. So the 1st Infantry Division, uh, the 1st Armor Division, and the 1st Cav Division all took their – division talks if you will to the box at ntc so i mean they're learning how to be that that yeah. center of gravity again like uh like back before the global war on terror where we divisions were the unit of action and before we turned into the brigade so i mean it's going to take some training it's going to take some time but to see those folks out there you know with the problem set of the weather communications having to uh, do you know staff planning and we don't want everybody in this one huge giant tent we got to you know, put people in other <laughs> locations so you know one bomb doesn't take them all out so it's we're, we're going to get that muscle memory back and uh, the, with the the boss's training guidance and the way forward uh, like the division being the unit of action that's going to definitely uh it's going to be a little bit learning curve but we're going to we're going to be able to do it yeah and so one of the things you you mentioned was you know this isn't just this is multi-domain this isn't yeah. just you know on the ground it's not just in the sea wherever there's there's uh you know cyber and space as well so we're, we're having to work with other services so have you seen that in action at all well we have and out, out the, from the uh first corps the multi-domain task force that's out there we're continuing to build and it's a learning and a progression as we move forward you know the capabilities are being brought into the formation and now it's for as leaders and staff functions how do you best incorporate those as you say you know you're a young captain or, or major at the at the advanced course you used to put the formations that were under your control on a chalkboard and as you employed them you'd cross them out so you knew you brought to bear you know the might of america well, we have capabilities that aren't on the chalkboard that we haven't utilized previously, space, cyber. Right. We have to understand those capabilities, the limitations, the constraints, also the applicability so we can apply those most effectively. Right. That's an education process that we have. And as Sergeant Major just identified, but we're embracing it at the division level. Those three division commanders and their Sergeant Majors took their formations there, you know, not begrudgingly, but they realized where they have to go. And these first touch points, they're really the genesis of how do we best train? What is it that we're missing? And each one we're learning. And it's going to allow us to build a more formal framework through training to bring the divisions out there. You know, I was just thinking, as, as we're talking about modernization and everything, you know, 
you guys were together at 101st, 2018. That was not even that long ago. I mean, in the, in the grand, grand th- scheme of things and how much we have changed and how much we are we're, we're adapting and yeah. you know modernizing is kind of insane. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> skate where the puck's going, yeah. not where it's at. And that's what that's what we have to do and bring the force conformation with us. Yeah. So we talked about engaged leadership. Um, so Sergeant Major, I'm going to come over to you for a second. <laughs> you are getting ready, ready to retire later this year after more than 30 years of service. And and from what I understand and what you've told me, some of that was actually in the Marine Corps as well. Um, but you've worked with a number of leaders throughout the time. Can, can you sum up and I maybe not in a couple of sentences, it might take a little bit more than that. Just what, what, you, what, what you've learned and what your message would be to, to the enlisted force. It, well, so to be exact, it's 35 years, 11 months, and four days, but who's counting? I won't tell um, you how old I am. Yeah, that's, all, that's all good. <laughs> um, so, you know, think, thinking about uh, the things that I've learned and what I would like to impart on, uh, on, on our future uh, non-commissioned officers in our Army is uh, it, we've said it multiple times, leadership is personal. You have to be engaged and with folks that actually understand them. So you can read all the manuals you want, you can read all the books you want, but you know, they, they talk about art and science. You know, it, it's an art. Uh, you have to know how to talk to people, you have to know how to engage with people, but you have to know what motivates them. Yeah. And if you don't spend time with them, you'll never understand what motivates a person to do something. Uh, like I, always, I, t- I tell the story, when I was a battalion sergeant major, I would memorize alpha rosters. And then I go down to a platoon, like a second platoon, uh, Bravo Company. I'd be, hey, Smith, how are things going in Florida? And he's like, how do you know I'm from Florida? So I'm the Sergeant Major. I know everything. Uh, but, you know, those, those, True, little, by the way, he does. those little things, that, that touch points you have with people le- leaves a lasting impact. And, uh, you know, it, leadership is I can't overstate it enough. It's it's a con, it's it's a contact sport. You have to be engaged and have an understanding of the folks that you're leading. If you don't, that's when uh, the, the formation is not going to be that great. Um, and you know, communication left and right, uh, the ability to be able to walk into General Pops's office and sit down and talk about something. You know, that commander sergeant major relationship or that that you know company commander first sergeant relationship. It all starts with that first counseling. And if if you know. People don't have the guts to actually do that first counseling. There's something <laughs> wrong because they're not reading our our, our FMs. You know, like they, they don't understand Army doctrine. Uh, but but it's important uh, that that relationship that uh, that we have together is important, and the formation sees that. Um, so I can talk for days about this, but I, I'm gonna I'll, I'll sum it up. You know, leadership it, it's it's a it's personal it, and it's con- it's a, it's a contact sport. Yeah. you have to be engaged and you have to have an understanding. Absolutely. You know, when the two of us speak to groups of leaders, pre-command course of the formation, we always tell them as they're going into command, be deliberate when you want to, with the culture that you intend to build and have a plan and process to enforce that. And Sergeant Major Sims is an expert at that. And you can see that. You can see what he wants to inculcate in the formation. And he drives yeah. it by through personal engagement, and he lives that ethos. Yeah. And, and we joke, you don't start your legacy in your last year in it, when you're writing your retirement speech. It is 35 years, 11 months, four days, whatever, <laughs> that it started. And, and his legacy yeah. are all those acolytes, all those soldiers that he's influenced, that want to be him, that are in the Army still today and excelling because of his personal contact. That's legacy. 
that's what he's remembered for, and that's what he's an expert at. And we're going to miss him. Yeah. But he ain't gone yet. He's still got work to do. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Sergeant Major, I always go back to, we had a conversation, and you were talking about how you, you had given a soldier a coin, and then you said, hey, yeah. give me your phone. I'm going to call your mom. I mean, <laughs> the impact you had on that soldier, he will never forget that, I'm sure, and that's just amazing. Nor will his mom. Uh, it was there, it was cool. She was actually born on Fort Campbell. It was a young, yeah. young uh, private. He just uh, graduated basic training, and, of course, you know, he was in, he was in the front with me the whole the whole PT session and I, I gave him a coin and then you know so let's call your mom and she was so excited it's like oh my gosh I was born right there at Fort Campbell my dad served in the army and then a couple of days later his dad actually called me and said thank you for doing that you amazing made, you, you made you made his mom's day I mean, I mean awesome. that soldier's not gonna forget that that family's not gonna forget that and you know we talk about families and you know they're they're giving us their sons and daughters and Absolutely. to know that that leadership does care yep. says something so um so we are we're gonna run out of time <laughs> and i want to give you both an opportunity b before we go to is there anything that we haven't talked about that you guys want to touch on i'll give this call major I, I think uh you know you always hear the bumps and things that are going on in, in the army but i'll tell you you know the focus on uh Providing ready forces, it, 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 it resonates with both of us because um, we know that's our job. Yeah. And uh, going out and seeing the formations, I mean, you name the places I've gone to visit, and seeing our soldiers, the best soldiers in the world, out there doing what, you know, is directed of them to do, but doing it well. Um, I, you know, we're, we're gonna, the divisions are going to catch up. I know they will, you know, but the, the, the ability – of what our soldiers are doing today, you know, EIB, EFMB, um, ESB, all, all these things are doing to make themselves better. Right. It, it's just amazing to watch. And my hat's off to, you know, I'll say my thank yous in, in you know, a few <laughs> months, but, you know, my hat's, my hat's off to all of our core SAR majors, our core commanders, our division commanders and SARNS major, and uh, just how, how well they support, you know, my office and myself and uh just to see the the greatness that's going on inside of forcecom every day just makes it, i'm motivated to get up every day like i took my yeah. driver in this morning and i uh, put a little light coat of sweat on him uh, just to make <laughs> yeah. sure that he understood that you know the old guy can still get right. after it so i'm not it, gone yet yeah i'm not yeah. gone yet uh but it, it's just amazing to watch what our soldiers do every day especially with all, all the, the pressure they have on them to you know deploy to you know to Lots of folks over in Europe, yeah. Yeah. deploy folks over over to Korea. So I mean, yeah. we're we're busy, but we have some great. We have the greatest soldiers in the world, and they're out there getting after it every day. Yeah, that's great. And it, and he's hundred percent correct. We fight and win our nation's wars, and it's incumbent on Force Comp to ensure that those formations that are under this command are ready when called upon. And so we have to man it, we equip it, and we have to train it. And as our major just talked about at Esalen, all the commanders embrace that depth of responsibility because the future isn't written, right. and we have to be prepared tomorrow. Just as you saw 3rd ID, when they had just come back from deployment within a week, are over in Europe drawing, drawing the tanks and the Bradleys and are ready to fight. Yeah. As you saw with the 82nd, you know, with Buddy Ferris and the Panther Brigade immediately taking off, right. landing in Poland, and being that human picket line that's out there that shows American resolve, and it's, it's assuring our allies by presence. Yeah. But they just weren't standing there unprepared. That is, a, each one of those are fully prepared, trained, ready, cohesive teams that can win, and that's what we owe for the 750,000 that make up Force Count and for the nation. Yeah. And what I appreciate as is you do this 
it's a very large formation with Forcecom itself, let alone the nation, is to be able to get the story out there and what you'd be able to do, both written, orally in these forums, we have to get the narrative out there. They have yeah. to see the strength of leadership like Sergeant Major Sims, yeah. the young soldiers that are going forward, and the depth of the competence. Like I said, the enthusiasm for the profession. How do we get that out beyond our own little circular discussions? Because that's what's important. And the fact we talk about recruiting, trying to bring people in. But once they're in, we exceed our reenlistment. Why? Because they see the culture and the environment. Right. It's conducive to excellence. The possibilities. The possibilities <laughs> and opportunities are there. Yeah. You just got to bring people into the fold and have them realize that. Yeah. And their parents. Absolutely. And, and you thank know, you. Thank you. I just want to add um, one of my favorite things is talking to our soldiers. There are some amazing soldiers out there um, from the best squad, 101st, yeah. <laughs> which I'm sure you guys are happy about. But our. Um, EOD team of the year. Um, I talked to SFAB soldiers who had done jungle warfare training. I mean, they're, they are doing some incredible things out there. Um, and so I, I love being able to do this and I, I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your schedule to, to talk with me um, and share this part of our story. Awesome. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Thanks Ashley. That's it for this episode. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can also find full video episodes of our podcasts on YouTube. You can just search for the Force Comm Frontline. And we'll see you next time on the Frontline.